Everybody, it's Papa's Basement. I'm Hello. John Papa Giorgio. He's uh, he's Michael Johnson. Hi. Hello. He has his eyes shut right now. <laughs> and uh, before he was pantomiming fellatio upon the microphone, he just had his eyes shut like he was Michael Bolton about to lay down a sweet vocal track in the booth. <laughs> like he was letting the spirit, the my... white person spirit, move him. That was my Bolton impression. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Um Mm, did you have to pray to white God to get that? Uh... Did, would, well, would I have to? Yeah. You know, like to let the white soul fill you, the white spirit. I mean, I, black God's clearly better musically, but right. only got white God, so. But the, uh, the white God, you know, mm-hmm. b- bestows uh, just monumentous fortune, ill-deserving. True. Are you thinking uh, of Jewish God or <laughs> I, he is colorblind when okay. it comes to the opaque <laughs> when it comes to the various shades of white right. he he loves all his children white God does I guess opaque means cloudy, yeah, it does. white people are kind of cloudy we are on yeah. Mondays <laughs> oh. 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 that's another impressive you got another. Impressive mic out on the table. I do. That's my Blue Yeti for, okay. for online recording. But oh. we've got the old SM58s for the in-person stuff. For you tech geeks out there, mm-hmm. this is what the people turned on the podcast for. Yeah, yeah. A, a parsing of what gives us the warm tone. Right. Well, uh, Michael, mm-hmm. this is an SM58 that I bought used off of Craigslist. Okay, yes. And the XLR cables were okay. purchased from uh, eBay uh, by way of China. And I just want to let everyone know, listening at home, uh, Papa Giorgio is just giving this uh, unsolicited. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do, though, if you want to take part in one of these mics, if you want to pick one up, pick up two. I think we have a bundle package right now. Just call the number below. Look for the number at the bottom, I guess, of your iPhone where you're listening. We have a caller. Oh, we do. We have a caller right now. Oh, oh, well, let's go to the caller. Hi, caller. Uh, Who am I talking to? Hi, it's John's mother. Oh, hello, Mrs. Papa Giorgio. I bought him those microphones. Good. Are you just calling to brag or are you going to make a purchase yourself? I just want to make sure that John's warm. That the studio temperature's warm. Well, you guess what? You called the right place because I have him right here. Yeah. Mom, get off the phone. No. No, I need to make sure you're warm. What's the temperature in the studio? Mom, get off the fucking phone. We're trying to make a sale here. You're hey, making me look like an asshole. Well, you know what? Why don't you just answer her? Are you warm or not? No, Mike. I'm not going to fucking do that i'm not going to dignify this we're we're running a professional operation here so you just want the call to go on longer well apparently the the op isn't killing the line well, we no he's not i'm we, still here we can't cut off the line because she actually pays for the line she does um. <laughs> she still has her phone account through bell atlantic <laughs> it's that- for life not only the tech geeks, but the improv geeks out there. That's what they listen for. Yeah. Just spont- spontaneous improv scenes. That wasn't my mom, people. That was me playing a character. Oh. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I was so lost, but actually... I could see it in your eyes. 
it's actually uh it's my craft mm-hmm. as an actor yeah i lose myself i commit to the moment and i i'm there so this is the character of michael the actor <laughs> right for okay. you acting folks out there then that's why you tune in but you're not into improv and you're not into any of the tech stuff mm-hmm. that's your little tidbit yeah so we are really we're a multi-pronged threat. parsing into our audience yes just like janice joplin's famed three-headed dildo <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the encore yeah yeah it's name of calliope <laughs> oh, okay so, so you, for you 60 music fans out there, <laughs> or are you fans of dying at 27? <laughs> right, right. That's why you guys turn in. Vomiting up a week's worth of SoCo slowly through the night. Oh, there's a Janice fan out there right now that just, her, her tear, uh, tears just welled up into her eyes. Or his. Yeah. So You never know. You never, I know, I've known some hardcore Janice Joplin fans. Back really? Then. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Springsteen fans. Have you ever met like somebody that's really into Bruce Springsteen? Yes, me, Michael. I love Bruce ever since my son <laughs> introduced me to him. And this is, for the listeners at home, Maria Papa Giorgio. Oh! I was just here making sure John is warm. You sound like a small Jewish man. <laughs> I became one. Oh. Since John got lazier about the impression in the ensuing three minutes. Right. <laughs> Is that just the voice you hear in your head when you hear your, like, your mother? Like, what... I hear when she talks to me is the audio equivalent of whatever the demons were in Bird Box. Like, I've never seen Bird Box. Okay, so the concept was, if you gaze upon whatever these beings are, hmm. you're just immediately your mind is kaput it's gone like okay. the first time you see great improv right and you're you, like i never want to make money and i just want to sink money into, into nothing this. yeah while convincing myself right someday it's all gonna pay off there's like, gonna be a big there's gonna be a man in a big suit with a cigar <laughs> and he's gonna say i came to see an improv show yeah. and you were the star lauren michaels is going to sneak in the back of the theater with his <laughs> right. jar of popcorn and i was lost on the way to the airport <laughs> mm, that one that one come come with me I awaits. He's the Wizard of Oz. Climb into my lap like a 12-year-old in Horatio Sanz's. <laughs> Horrible that, impression. That, what, and, and an indictment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Horrible impression and possibly libelous. We, we should just do one thing every podcast that's just going to get us cut from SNL. Let's do it. No, we just did. Oh, cool. <laughs> we can move on. I'm guilty by association. Yeah. So when I hear my mom talk, it's either white noise, like I don't acknowledge it, or it trips some circuitry in my brain. And I, you know, I'm just like natural born killers. Right. Like I'm just, you know, I go haywire. You're no in between. Juliet Lewis kind of dancing. What dancing that. in the bar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and your mom just keeps going and she doesn't know how close she actually is yeah yeah no it's funny because i i have a mom voice that i do for my friends and over the years 
you know, if I am uh, I'm if I'm complaining about something, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my mother's. I'm going to hear about this from my mother. She's going to be like, Michael, you can never just seem to have anything nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, actually. When people then meet my mother, they're like, I was expecting like this Fran Drescher type woman. And she's this short, diminutive woman with like, Michael, she kind of just talks like this sometimes. Real flat. Yeah, but you, you well, made her sound like Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Michael, clean your room. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, her voice can get up there and she will like bitch. Um, but well, that's what they do. Am I right? That's what they do. Yeah, on the dude hour, right? For the, about bitches, bitching. For those of you that were really into eighties comedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. I didn't know if you had like, uh, oh, a set voice. Yeah, no, I, I just like when it comes to her and I'm talking to my friends, like I just like shake my head and like grit my teeth like you would talking about a president of the opposing party in office oh, and right. what he did. i'm just like you know i'm fucking trump again <laughs> you know like yeah you know that's how i address my mom it's like what happened to you it's like, <laughs> fucking Maria. Uh, i gotcha i don't do an impression so we are um that might make me empathize with the target when i see her through the crosshair so <laughs> Uh, you, you had a little bit of a list when we talked the other night, I guess last night. Yeah. I had a couple items. Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to get to first? What are you chomping on the bit to discuss with not only me, but our, the segment of our listeners that I still have not identified yet through the subject matter up until the point of the show. Uh, well, we're going to get to the audience that is hardcore talk radio fans. Right? Oh, yes. Ron yeah. and Fez. Yes. And the, Fez passed away? Yes. The the co-host of the Ron and Fez show. No Fez relation well, to the inventor of Pez just because it rhymes. Yes. Because that's what I thought of. Yes. Or <laughs> Fez from the Happy Mondays. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so w- a little background on Fez for those. Like, sure. So Ron and Fez was a duo that I think um, started their show back in like '01. Oh, really? I, th- a, I thought they were longer than that. No, no. Um, I mean, they worked together as part of the show called Ron and Ron. I think before '01, mm. but then one of the Rons departed, oh. and Fez swooped in. Oh, right. And they became Ron and Fez. And they were part of like a package deal that was like the guy talk package that was sold to CBS stations of like Stern, okay. then Don and Mike in the midday, and Opie and Anthony in the afternoon, and Ron and Fez at night. Like that. Okay. Was I must have listened to them at some point. Oh, yeah. You definitely did yeah. because after Opie and Anthony got kicked off of their station for having listeners fuck in St. Patrick's Cathedral on air. They got kicked off for that? I know, right? Well, I mean, you know, it is like, hey, we just suggested that they fuck in St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's not like they had to They didn't put a gun to anyone's head. (laughs) Penetrate her or fucking die. Use your platform for gun. (laughs) 
We'll do that, but also we'll do things that right. make the holy water burn Wait, like the devil's want, advocate. Right. Uh, I know we digress all the time here, but uh, wait, I got to hear a little bit of that. Oh, the the famous sex for Sam incident? Yeah, what happened? Okay, Anthony. Okay, so uh, Sam Adams and whoever the, the spokes guy was who talks kind of like this. No, <laughs> That's Jim, more Jim Cook? Demand. Jim Cook, yeah. yeah. Jim Cook back in like... O one slash O two was routinely like on the Opie and Anthony show in the afternoons, huh. and it was like you know this big drunken hang with like various he would comedians. Just bring in booze. Yeah, yeah, you know, like he gets to plug Sam Adams. Uh, you know, they might have guys like um, uh, Lewis Black was there a lot. Louis C.K. in right. his the infancy of his career. Um. Yeah, and and he that was like the beer of the show, and to the point he often came in the studio. So they had a contest at one point. I forget what the prize was that was put up by Sam Adams. The contest was called Sex for Sam. It, it involved fucking in various locations worth various uh, point amounts. Like, you know, like banging in Port Authority might wow. be worth a couple of points. And, uh, you know, screwing in the Empire State Building. And I think, like, the top, you know, enchilada was, like, fucking in St. Pat's Cathedral. Okay. And I forgot who the comedian... Was there, like, a bingo card available that listeners could get? (laughs) Or, I mean, was that... (laughs) Well... Or was uh, it, like, someone would call in with, like, the top spot and then, like, all right, somebody has to outdo these folks? Yes. I... If... If I remember correctly, it was kind of that. Like, I I guess you could notch various locations and string together. Right. Like some, you know, like getting a bunch of bass hits. Would they, ha- <laughs> would they have to be on air having sex? There was someone that had to verify it. Oh, okay. Yes. So I think they had like a bunch of kind of their lesser, and I might be butchering this a bit, but I think they had a bunch of like their lower level comedian friends who okay. kind of like would go out with like, you know road mics and stuff and be like yep i am verifying i am watching a cream pie in staten island (laughs) walmart you know like that kind of stuff and i forgot who it was that witnessed like yes people were like yeah fuck it we'll bang in saint pat's cathedral and they did bang in saint pat's cathedral wow and i believe everyone associated wound up arrested did uh, like on that. site or late, just I later think, on? God, I'm trying to remember if they got booted on site or if the legal stuff happened then and there. All I know is that like within a day or two, the the Catholic apparatus of New York City went into like full blast and was like, "Fuck these guys, get them off the air." And Opie like, and Anthony, like, first of all, thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it was kind of the tail end of that era where the shock jocks could fucking, like, get away with anything. It's like Stern shtick forever. Like, for those of you that know Howard Stern now or know him, period, but... For the longest time, like what, past 10 plus years, he's been known as. have porn stars ride Sibian machines. Yeah, now now he's like the celeb interviewer guy. Right. That's like what people, even though I think those interviews are like heavily edited between you. Uh, Okay. I think there's a lot of dead air chopped out of them. (laughs) But 
Yeah, in his day, he was pure shock value. He would say things that would tiptoe around bands on, you know, like straight up saying the fuck and stuff like that. And um, he was fined heavily by the FCC, but he was pretty much like, fuck you. CBS is going to keep paying two hundred, three $400,000 fine. I don't give a shit. Pay it. Right. Like, I'm bringing them millions. They're paying me 19 mil a year. Do you know what I bring in for them? Like, people don't know this. Up until the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s, CBS's radio operation was more profitable than its TV operation. Wow. That yeah. blows people's fucking mind. But, like, really, how much does, even if you're paying some of your top talent several mil a year, like, Think of all the stations you have. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even if I'm paying Stern 19 million, how many fucking stations is he syndicated to, which we pay right. him like shit for? You know what I mean? Or like not nearly as much as it would cost to have another Stern here. And it's like they're raking in however many markets paying for Stern advertising rates. Okay. So like they're making money hand over fist with radio. They're like, dude, just don't like fuck a baby like on mic. <laughs> like, short of that, we got you. <laughs> And Opie and Anthony getting booted from a CBS station in New York was kind of like the beginning of the end where it was like, oh, shit, there are limits. Like if you are not stern sized and you are a massive pain in your mother company's ass, like they'll can you. Fuck it. But is it a stretch to, to then say that uh, the birth of Sirius started with a bone in St. Patrick's <laughs> Cathedral? I mean, so, again, XM and Sirius, people forget that those were rival companies yeah. for a while. And before Stern came to Sirius, O.P. and Anthony went to XM. Like, that was the first, hey, we can say whatever the fuck we want on air kind of show and it was actually stern who was second to the party okay because he was still under his cbs contract for like another year or two whereas they i guess they were still under their contract and couldn't go there because a non-compete right. but their shit ran out first so okay. i do believe they were on air before him i say all this because the ron and fed show was like intimately associated with the opie and anthony show they uh when opie and anthony were fired ron and fez weirdly enough because they had befriended don and mike operated out of wjfk okay in fairfax and for like a couple of years had a show where you could just like walk in Hmm. legitimately you could walk into the studio and just say what's up which like is very weird in a post 9-11 world much less any kind of radio show right but yeah I, i I know the layout of that studio. I worked there for years. Like people just come in and watch the show. I I'm tr- there must have been someone gatekeeping to make sure that like you know a dude with like two bandoliers like fucking Looney Tunes style didn't walk into the place like armed to the teeth. But yeah, pretty much listeners could kind of pop in. What are you doing, Michael? What are you doing on your phone? I'm I'm uh, texting. Okay. You keep texting. Yeah. Um, but they were really incredibly involved with their listeners, more so than any show before or since that I've ever heard of. Like, listeners were routinely mentioned on air. Uh, they, 
you know, had like preferred callers who came in and got to, you know, drop whatever one liner they thought of while listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I've, I've met Ron a couple times, uh, a previous uh, dude used to work on the show, uh, my show, Jason Whitaker, Pete maybe was his name on the, uh, that name the show. sounds familiar. Yeah. We, we saw Ron Bennington interview, I think it was Jay Okerson in mm. New York, probably like 16 and like, God bless Jay, man. He had that fucking like Dutch courage in him and just like walks up to Ron afterwards. Like, Hey man, we do a show. Can we like interview you and your, your daughter? And Ron was like, yeah, sure. What's up? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. And was so, that the skank podcast? Uh, no, I Legion of skanks. No. Oh no, no. Uh, Legion of skanks is like Jay, uh, big Jay Okerson's, own show oh okay with okay. uh like lewis gomez and right. dave smith yes that is legion of skanks no this is just like fucking i got to go back to my old workplace of the dc xm studios and interview ron and gail bennington mm. like because my friend was loaded and courageous <laughs> and, like, i thank him for that daily it's one of the better experiences i've had in radio like right. my old boss at sirius was a huge talk radio fan this dude anthony nurse and I got to email Anthony. I hadn't talked to him in like 10 years and be like, like he fucking knows who Ron and Fez are. He goddamn adores him. You know, right. anyone in talk radio, like tangentially working it or like a fan of it respects the shit out of Ron. Like I dare say maybe the two most powerful broadcasters I've heard in terms of their wit and their talent, like just fucking shocking levels of skill mm. from both of them. And I got to be like, hey, Anthony, like, can you find me a studio so I can have an interview with Ron Bennington for like 30 minutes? And uh, that was a good day. Nice. And then I got to see Anthony just be like, what's up, partner? Look at me. Um, I say that just because they were always so cool with their fans. I, when they were in like what they viewed as pretty much a purgatory period Mm -hmm. because they had to leave New York to go to fucking Fairfax, Virginia, which is like what? 20 miles outside of DC, but yeah, feels like it should be Kentucky. You know what I mean? Um, Frederick does. Yeah. (laughs) We're far out. Right. That's all I'm saying. This, this is like, I don't know. It's close enough to feel like to, uh, give you the initiative to do stuff in dc but it's far enough away to take away a that lot of opportunities yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're ultimately after two hours of traffic like fuck this we're not doing this anymore. right i i got to the first time i met them was at a dave and busters event they were i guess just trying to get listeners out and have a good time and all that shit um I got to go up and sing like a fake jingle for them. That was fun. Hmm. After the show, I said, what's up to them? I was talking via IM at the time to some chick based in the tri-state area who was a huge Ron and Fez fan. Okay. A woman by the name of Jen. And I remember on like my shit little LE, you know, like LCD green screen, Nokia, whatever the fuck it was just texting her about this and she's like this is crazy that's awesome you're getting to meet him and i don't know if it was her idea or mine but like i like gave her a ring i think i was talking to her to like tell her what was going on and like 
Fez kind of saw what I was doing right. and was just like, hey, let me talk to that person. <laughs> <laughs> and like Fez just takes the phone and must have talked to her for like 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. Like right after this event, people milling about him and like he could have been like packing up to go home. And instead he's like talking to this longtime fan for like to the point I was like, Hey, this is a great story, but I kind of need my fucking phone. Back. <laughs> right. like, I want to boogie out. I got work tomorrow. And I just thought that was like the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. It was like the first time I'd met anyone that I listened to in radio. It could not have gone better. You know, like right. they were just the, the kindest people. And I'm not going to act like Ron and Fez was like, my main show, I was a Stern guy, a Don and Mike mm. guy, Opie and Anthony guy. But I listened. If you're into those shows, you absorbed a lot of Ron and Fez, too. Like, I I conservatively still listen to hundreds of hours right. of Ron and Fez. Um, just do yourself a favor and look up fucking Ron and Fez clips. That's all I can say. The The way that they ran with a bit more than any other show, which... I think a lot of shows looked for like kind of real drama that they tried to mm. capitalize on and would start like real fights with each other. Right. Ron and Fez, I guess Ron kind of pulled back the curtain Monday on just how much of all of their strife, which was the best fighting on radio, bar okay. none, like Fez fighting with interns, Ron picking on Fez. It was all a work. It was all to use a wrestling term because they were both huge wrestling guys oh wow it was all like bullshit it was, all, it was all bit it was all bits and it's incredible after 20 years of listening to that show and thinking you knew how much was a bit but being like it's a little bit you know right. maybe this much is faked and the rest is real to hear it's all bullshit is hilarious Right. Like, I'm not upset at all. It's just fucking great. I'm just, like, totally in awe. And to hear them describe it uh, and parse, like, the the language they use, it's almost like, it's like proto-improv talk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like people who invented improv without being trained in improv. And it's just so fantastic to hear. So, like, I just, yeah, do yourself a favor. Anyone listening to this. So, it was... Fez that passed away. It was Fez that died. Yeah, um, like Fez. You said he was a rather large man. Yeah, um, Fez. Fez's whole thing was like he was a very flamboyant on air character, right. but he was like, "Hey, man, I'm straight in real life." You know, like I'm, I'm. This is just my character, and through the around kind of like the the end of the show's run together he was like yeah i'm actually like gay and i say that because his health was like kind of always shit like you said he was always heavy and at least for me trying to get all like psychological with it given my background as a psych major i was always <laughs> like maybe the food thing and the overeating is because like oh, yeah. he didn't get to come out and you know i Stuff and emotions, man. Yeah. And so I was like, man, once he came out, like maybe he'll lose the weight. He'll like fucking. He doesn't know. look real big. What I just looked up. He looked kind of like gaunt. Like he. I There's some photos at the end where he's a little Santa-esque. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, he was just he started racking up the heart attacks. Ah, uh, yeah. And I think at one point had like 15 stents put in his heart, and that's what got him on a Saturday. He just died of a heart attack, and they uh, intubated him. And I, I think Ron had explained this has happened a couple of months prior, where he had had a heart attack, was intubated. And they slowly brought him out of it, and he was fine. And the same thing happened, like, maybe a week plus ago, and mm. they intubated him again. And they're all like, okay, this is like, a, you know, again, like a baker's dozen of heart attacks. Fuck it. And they'll bring him out. And it's like, while they're bringing him out, he had a second heart attack. And it's like, okay, he's dead, dead this time. Right. Um, yeah, I just... Dude was so sharp. I these These radio people that I grew up listening to and idolizing they're like these weirdly unsung and forgotten comedic geniuses Mm -hmm. so many of them never exceeded their market and it's almost like disposable in its nature like i think they're punished for the volume of content they generate instead of like celebrated Mm -hmm. for being able to do so much for so long. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, the person that you described to me, though, that was so kind to their fans, yeah, sounded like a really happy person, you know? He was. I mean, I think that's... If you are happy and have a long career doing what you love, I mean, I think you've won no matter what. Yeah, I... I I know what you mean as far as, like, legacy and name, but, like, that stuff ultimately, I don't know. I mean, I would be curious, what would you, what do you think they would say if you said that to them? I, I mean, I think the people that they want to be respected by respect them because Mm. they specifically, Ron and Fez, occupy this niche where, like, a lot of New York comedians know them. And come through there. New York is this like pretty much the stand-up center of the world. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. So to be known in that community, in that city, if you want to be respected by your comedic peer, that that's it. That's the pinnacle. Um, but it's not the case for like other DJs out there. Now, I'm not saying like Don and Mike were the nicest guys. From what I gathered, I don't know. I actually hung out loaded several times with Mike at his bar. He was great when he was drunk. Yeah. Like, I never really knew that. What was he like when he wasn't? He was... I never saw him sober, actually. Oh, really? Well, I never worked with Mike. So Mm. I only saw Mike at various events, and he was always drunk. He was always chill as shit when he was drunk. Mm. You know, like, I've heard... Both of them dead? No, Don and Mike are both alive, yeah. Don's wife is dead. I always think they're both dead. No, um... I would say that they were really high octane performers, like very funny people. Mike incredible with his impressions and stuff. And like, I'm not saying this to be a dick cause they mean the world to me, but like who the fuck knows Don and Mike, you know, like, I mean around here, around here. Yeah. Since but I it, was in fifth grade. Yeah. It fades with time. Dude. When I first heard Don and Mike in eighth grade, it was like, I don't know, discovering just music all over again. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, you remember when you first got into what was popular music and not like Raffi records and you just like fucking sat by the radio. Like oh yeah. A yeah dog yeah. waiting for its master to come home from 
war. Play that song and yeah, wait exactly. to hear. Like, I remember first hearing Don and Mike and just like, I would run home to sit in front of my radio like a stooge for like four and a half hours a day. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird to me that someone that integral to my shit is not known exactly again in this area but you know I don't know. is that weird to you do you have huge no no that are like talking uh, to some regional thing i mean don and mike were a huge part of my adolescence especially and i think i've i told this story early on a papa's but like when I was nineteen, they were auditioning the new Rob A. Okay, Do you, and uh, I called you and me. He's a fucking prick. Go oh, I, I dude, I called in a bunch of times. One one time, I did a Harry Carey impression, uh-huh. and he just goes, "That's the worst Harry Carey impression I've ever yeah. heard." Click. No, he's been a colossal dick to friends of mine via Facebook. I've reached out to him several times just to be like, "Hey, man, can I ever like talk to you, interview?" He was even, he's nice as shit to our friend Mike Sachs. Why? Because he can get him something? Yeah, exactly. And Mike Sachs was like, mention me in the next email. And I did so. Like, literally, I started by saying, like, hey, I'm a friend of Mike Sachs. Dude, still fucking big time. He never responded. So, you know what? Go to hell, Rob A. How's that? Hey, Rob A, if you're out there, we want to fight you. Yeah. Yeah. I hear he's like a chunky kind of softy. He's like a tall big bald man but yeah no oh, put one right in his bread all right let's do it let's yeah, do we it got him especially the two of us yeah robbie you're getting beat the fuck, fuck we'll up take it, we'll um uh, no uh so uh but i finally got on i called a few times and one time i called as like a i think i was basically doing an m&m impression okay and they um Sorry for those of you at home. That was a flawless impression of him, by the way. Uh, and, um, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, so I did that, and they made fun of me. But they talked to me on air for a while. Okay. And then I called right back, like, I think they, yeah, they were. it was almost like they were fascinated by, like, they uh, they knew I was white. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were like, uh, making it like, you know, ma- taking digs at me and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I called back as myself and this is what I was like 19. Cause I remember where I was, I was working in a warehouse by myself this one summer. And, uh, I said, I was like, Hey, and they're like, you, you sound like a kind of a portly man. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in shape. And then I started to say, I said, yeah, I actually called in earlier mm-hmm. as uh, the the guy that I yeah. don't even know. And it was, I heard like a, oh, what? And they hung up. Yes. Yeah. And it was almost like they were mad that I, you know, threw one by them. <laughs> yeah um i don't know i guess part of their shtick in the day was like that they took quote-unquote unscreened calls but a lot of i mean i i felt like hey if i'm the guy that just you just spoke to like 10 minutes ago yeah uh that was doing a character i was like calling back i can't remember they never liked people double dipping on there oh really i i think so yeah i just felt like the fact that you know like 
I completely, I don't know. I'm yeah. not fooled them. I don't know. What do you want, man? They, uh, they, if they Don and Mike, if you're out there, I want to fight you. We're going to fight you. We're going to fight two all of, of you. Right in the bread basket. I'm fucking, I'm ready. Down like a house of cards. Um, one thing I was thinking, and you probably have to pause this here. Uh, do you want to pick this back up? I like, I, this is like a really good, I was totally fascinated by what your by your story. Yes. And it felt like an odd place to end. Do you want to record the second half tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I might be able to do that. Or, I mean, is that feasible? It's feasible. Talk more about dear sweet Fez Watley. Or just like a second half of the episode. Yeah. Cause like or we only. Just or do you want to just find an ending here? Gosh, uh, you mean the, the people fucking? I just drag I, racing outside of your apartment. I can't wait to fucking have my day there. Yeah, um, I don't know. It was just hey, it was just guy a, on that motorcycle. We're, we're gonna, gonna fight, fight you. you. We're gonna fight you. We're and for the you. people at home that yeah are uh, huge fans of podcast hosts fighting random people yeah. outside that we're gonna punch them right in the bread basket <laughs> um i know it was just a suggestion because like we we are up against time dude i this is my favorite thing to do recording shows mm-hmm. so let's do more shows i'm right. sure yes we can we'll treat this as one episode and do more episode i don't know fucking whatever yeah okay we're, we're not gonna give this an ending just because uh, that would make this official that it's over. Okay. And I don't believe in goodbyes, Michael. All right. I just believe in... No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen to some Ron and Fez in the meantime. We'll be back. Are you going to cut that other part out or no? No. Leave the whole Are you going to cut out. this part out? No. Where I'm asking about cutting it out? No. Well, I'm not... I'm not hey, wait. Real anything. quick. I forgot it last week. Uh, to our, our uh, top... Patreon subscriber Nate. Nate Gonzalez. You know how to find me. Yeah. He, he cashes in on his perks. That's the other listeners out there who are also wondering, how can I cash in on my Patreon perks? Yes. Nate and I have been having a weekly conversation that I've been enjoying every day. I'll, I'll leave you with this real Every fast. week. Nate used to do a podcast with another nice guy, Dante Nava. And Dante found my number by going to the the who dot is registry and looking up in papa's basement and found my cell phone and started texting me at random one night and i was just like who the fuck is this because like he did not identify himself (laughs) (laughs) or you can reach us that way yeah exactly i just let everyone know how to get my cell number fuck this all right bye all right we'll see you